Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Almost Happy New Year. Almost. That's exactly right. As close as you can get without going over. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be 12 hours away from it here. It's all very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking to uh, Kim Daniel. He now calls himself Daniel Mm -hmm, White. And he phoned us from Perth, Australia. From the future. From the future. From the future. So they're already already into New Year's. Yes. That's so funny. What Mm -hmm. a weird world. What a world for a world, you know? I saw an infographic that there's an island there's two islands up where russia and alaska join they're separated by three miles you can see the other island like one's called tomorrow island or something what the american side is you know 24 hours difference because it's right at the <laughs> straddle the, the line <laughs> divides them is the international date line so they're Three miles away, and yet they're 24 hours apart. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, people often have these quizzes. You know, it's either you're reading the quiz or you're being asked the quiz. And it's, uh, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Have you ever had anything like that? Somebody? I have, you know, I I think about that. Yeah. Or you you were a witness to this question being asked. And mine is that I would like to have tomorrow morning's Wall Street Journal yesterday. (laughs) Yes, exactly. How great would that be? (laughs) That could be the thing is literally what you should, uh, that could be a loophole, Dan. Maybe we should go to these islands and subscribe to the Wall Street Journal on tomorrow island. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it would take a bit of work. I mean, you still have to yeah. learn what, what to look for. And, you know, you'd have to have the means by which you could. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, but uh, but that that just reminds me, I think everybody would like to have that superpower. They would like to yeah. have uh, advanced understanding of the future. Well, you know, what's so funny is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today because it you know explore this idea is because i ranked it up there as one of the top concepts of the year for me and that is guessing and betting and essentially Mm -hmm. what you're saying is it's absolutely true the reason that would be so valuable is that it would bring certainty if you look Mm -hmm. tomorrow and see what the closing stock price of a any stock was today if you knew that in advance that it starts out at x and it's going to be x plus y at the end of the day you're betting with certainty and that's a pretty Mm -hmm. interesting that's what i really thought about the that concept and i'd love to you know Mm -hmm. hear a little Mm -hmm. more because well i think it's i i think it's been it's a thought that's been in the human brain since the first humans yeah, I agree. Do you think that mm-hmm. that knowing, I wonder where, I wonder if that, how would that have manifested itself then in the beginning, knowing where the, I guess, what would it be, knowing where the, where the food was going to be <laughs> or something? Well, I think, you know, I think probably it manifested itself in the first days of people just noticing the weather. You know, hmm. like wherever they were, that uh, you know that. I mean, the, I think they probably, if you did Colby's back then, like a Colby profile, that yeah. that the earliest humans really varied in terms of you know what they were skillful at and what they focused on. Huh? Okay, uh-huh. and uh, but my sense is that there were some people who were more conceptual, who could no- notice patterns better yeah. than others. And uh-huh. they could make sort of predictions, which, you know, as it regarded weather or as it regarded the wildlife around them or the, you know, the, you know, how availability of food, they would immediately go to the top of authority. 
in uh, mm-hmm. in whatever group they were because they just had a sense of what was they had a better sense of tomorrow than anybody else did. Yeah, that, that's really yeah. Must have freaked. I mean, imagine not knowing. With I guess the first certainty would be well, even though the sun went away, it's going to come back up again. Yep. And then getting that <laughs> certainty that okay, there it is. And wait a minute, it's colder this time of year. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> what's all this white stuff? I subscribe to the Gary Halbert philosophy. He had a saying that God gave us a sign by planting palm trees in all the places that were suitable for human habitation. <laughs> so if you wake up and you don't see any palm trees, keep heading south. That's his <laughs> If you see palm trees, you know you're in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you it's very interesting. Everybody uh, worries about global warming or they mm-hmm. are making large amounts of money warning about global warming. I think that's more the latter than it is that they're actually worried. I think they've just yeah. discovered a new way to make money. Yeah. But but if you think of the variations in temperature that humans can deal with, okay? Mm-hmm. So, for example, in North Africa, in the Sahara, people go about their business when it's 120 degrees out, 120 or plus, you know, in uh, the Sahara. And yeah. at the same time, there I've been in Alberta, in Canada, when it was 44 below, and everybody went imagine. about their business. Yeah, yeah. So that's a difference. That's a difference uh, Fahrenheit-wise. That's a difference of 164 degrees. Okay. Yeah. And humans, at one end, people are going about their business. At the other, they're going about their business, and they're freaking out about a one-degree change, one or two-degree change. And I said. I mean, who of us doesn't go through that? Even, you know, in idyllic spots like where you live. Yeah. There's still a variation of 20 to 25, maybe 30 degrees during the year, right? Right? Yeah. No, it's been, it's been a little cold here. Like I I literally, I almost had to wear socks with my shorts today, Dan. It's, that's how chilly it was. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I have a hoodie on wow. just to stay warm because I'm committed. I'm still sitting out in the courtyard. Though. Have still. you done trauma? Have you done trauma therapy <laughs> on this? No, you know, the funny thing about, I, I mean, my take on the whole climate change is, you know, if we look back, it's a fact scientifically accepted that we were in an ice age at one point. And mm-hmm. some, somehow... Without the aid of fossil fuels and combustible engines, the Earth warmed itself out of an ice age. And now we're having a nervous breakdown that we're going to, because of combustible engines, throw the whole thing off into. I don't know. It's just. See, as an entrepreneur, talking to an entrepreneur, that proves Mm -hmm. to me that there's money to be made in nervous breakdowns. Give people nervous breakdowns. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like the Jerry Maguire movie. Remember um, Jerry Maguire movie? I do. That's and, a great movie. And where's the money? Yeah, yeah, show Cuba, me the Cuba money. Gooding. Show, show me the, me the show money. Me, show me the show me show me the money. And I think <laughs> that when you're trying to analyze any event on the planet, which is being interpreted in Economic, political, well, not economic, but political and philosophical terms. I say, I think your first question has to be, okay, who's making the money here? <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's absolutely true. It's absolutely <laughs> true. And, and it's going to be, yeah, I think that, when, you know, we I was sharing a couple of weeks ago the idea of my contemplation on whether this is the best of times or the worst of times. And, you know, and the answer is yes. That's exactly <laughs> right. But what I realized is that the, there's, in terms of every physical measurement, every convenience, access to information, democratization of, of virtually everything, it's the very best of times. There's never been a better time than now. 
and on the worst, the best things that I could come up with are the most, you know, the things that would qualify as making it the worst of times were all the battle for our minds. And it's mm-hmm. that creating those, there's a lot to, there's a lot to fixate on, you know, that really has nothing to do with us in, you know, in reality, like when it's all mental in the inner game is really the yeah. battle for, for Dean Landia is mm-hmm. wrong, you know? Yeah, I think it's true. And uh, just to bring, uh, you know, the latest update, I'm now in my almost six, five and a half years of not watching television. I know. And that's like amazing. To uh, me. Yeah. And, uh, but this was sort of the test for me this fall because I'm from Cleveland originally mm-hmm. and I have the normal sports loyalties. Like I root right. for the, you know, I root for the teams I rooted for when I was eight yeah. years old and the Cleveland Browns are having a really quite an extraordinary season uh, as a result of a 38 year old quarterback. You yeah. may have heard his name, Joe Flacco, uh-huh. Uh-huh. who is sitting on a, who is sitting on a couch watching television or lying on a couch six weeks ago when Cleveland went to their third quarterback of the year went down and they brought him in mm-hmm. and he's been easily the best quarterback in the league over the last four or five years. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just, I mean, he's the, if <laughs> here's the Hollywood ending that they go to the Super Bowl and this guy comes off the couch and wins the Super Bowl. That's a yeah, great, exactly. Hollywood, that's a great well, Hollywood the, script. Uh, you know. It's the Kurt Warner story, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is even more because Kurt Warner yeah. was about 31 or 32 yeah. uh, when it happened. But this guy's 38. He's He yeah. played 16 years, and nobody wanted him this year. So it's just got all the makings of a great, just a terrific Hollywood script. In uh-huh. and, but ask me how, mu- well, how many minutes of watching the Cleveland Browns this fall have I done? Well, you told me your secret was that you watched the YouTube summary of the game. Well, first of all, I watch whether they won or lost. Right. Okay. Perfect. Yes. If they lost, I don't watch the summary. If they win, I watch the uh-huh. video. And right. what I've discovered, I, what I've discovered is that no football game has more than 10 minutes of actual highlights. Right. Yes. And then the one I like the best is where they just show your team's highlights when they won, which is about five minutes. Okay. Yeah, right, so, right, right, right. So, rabid fan, first game was 97. Jim Brown, Hall of Fame, perhaps the greatest running back of all time. It was his rookie season, and he broke the one-game rushing record day. Four touchdowns, 200-plus 200, 200 some yards. That was my first. And uh, I was addicted. It was like drugs. Right, you know, you don't, right. You give the first sample away free, and then the drugs do the selling for the rest yeah. of your life. And, yeah. uh, and so so anyway, but tempted as I may be, that's all. I did not watch a minute of television. Wow. That's great. And, you don't and I'm watching other... the, I'm, I'm not watching the highlights on TV. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the TV. It's across the room for me, and uh-huh. I don't even know where. I don't even know how you turn it on. Oh boy, fantastic! It's like the Dark Ages. I've lost abilities that the Romans had. <laughs> you know, the whole. You know, on the other side of that spectrum is yesterday. I had two amazing things happen. So yesterday, I got up and I got coffee and sometimes what I'll do is I like Jerry Seinfeld had a series called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and it's uh-huh, just uh-huh. a fun you know they're 10 minute episodes 10 12 minutes kind of thing of him with someone and so I, I sometimes when I'm having my coffee I'll sit there and I'll watch a Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee and so I turned on Netflix to do that and Netflix has this thing of pushing to your home screen 
you know, through your algorithm or whatever, the thing that would be the most interesting to you probably. And there was a series called Money Heist, which was a big thing, you know, in 2020 when we were all in lockdown, they, this Money Heist series came on and everybody got, you know, fully addicted to it. It was really well done. It was just from Spain and it was dubbed with English voices, but really well done. So in any event, the third installment of this Money Heist series was front and center on my Netflix home screen yesterday. And I ended up, no, this was Friday. Sorry. I ended up watching the whole series on that Friday. And the funniest thing, Dan, is that I, for the entire day, thought it was Saturday. And I didn't realize <laughs> until the end of the day that I got an extra day. So I was like, <laughs> do you ever have those things where in the holidays, the days just kind of blend all together? Because I haven't had any uh, or anything, you know? Not in the way you do. Not in the way you do. <laughs> you we, know? we we all have our own approaches, you know. <laughs> right on. That was so. That was the funniest thing. I watched the entire series. It was fantastic, and but it felt like I just borrowed from my leap year day. Well, something got that day now. Something got heisted. Something got heisted. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Well, you know. Everybody makes a big deal about this today, but I don't think it was any different. Everybody wants to make a case that the world and humanity has never experienced before what we're experiencing before. And I resist that thought. And mm-hmm. I say, well, first of all, we don't know, do we? I mean, we, I mean, we don't know what was going on in the world when we were five or six years old. You know, I mean, right. yeah, I mean, we were just struggling to get a handle on walking and running and everything else. But people make all these things like something like this has never happened before in human history. And I said, well, first of all, yeah. I said, first of all, the vast majority of people haven't got a clue what happened 10 years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, you know, some of some people it's last week. And anyway, and I said, actually, probably we all want to believe that our own age is something special. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, that's something to remember, that regardless of what age you're in, people want to believe that it's sort of special. Okay, and I get that. But my sense is it's always been special. One, it's always been special. Or two, it's never been special. (laughs) And uh, But if you go back and... Read the thinking of people where we actually have the documents. Greeks, 2,500 years ago, totally understandable, translated, and very thoughtful. And you could learn a lot from these guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so are there people smarter today than Aristotle? I don't know. Mm. No, because I'm not sure how you would compare smartness over 2,500 years. Well, I mean... I think you can point to certain things. I mean, you can point to even just in, let's just take medicine. You've just returned from your second trip to Buenos Aires to get Mm -hmm. stem stem cells for generating cartilage in your knees. Right. And other things. So it's, it's turning into turning into repair and also prevention. So they're now doing proactive stuff for, you know, your brain and your vascular system and everything. Oh, I remember, uh, yeah. So, you know, I remember walking in Regent's Park in London with Jamie Smart. We were walking around and he was telling me, you know, he had written his, his new book, at the time, Clarity was was out. And he was saying how in the 18th, people thought that bad smells caused disease. And so people would walk around with posies and fragrant things to ward off disease, 
And turns out that it was germs <laughs> that caused this. And <laughs> so when you think about, you know, 2,500 years ago, uh, advancements in medicine, you know, were, we were, I mean, leeching and, you know, bloodletting and all of these sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, superstitious things, I think, were happening. And they were thinking that some diseases were demonic possession. You know, that's really what was going on, that when people had uh, seizure, that they were possessed by the devil or by demons. Mm-hmm. And so now you fast forward to today and we have DNA that with certainty can point to what your uh, genetic predispositions are and stem cell you know, can go in and repair or modify those things. I don't know. I mean, I think that we are, I think life expectancy. So I think in many ways we're constantly ratcheting forward society, right? And I think with with now access to, you know, it used to be, if you just take even 50 years ago, you know, it used to be that all of the research and development and advancements in medicine were all done in silos where, you know, proximity to those people or, you know, had to be around. And now we're at a point where every advancement that's documented and available is, you know, instantly analyzable by artificial intelligence and machine learning. So we have access to not just our own thinking, but the analysis and, you know, computation skills or whatever to, to everything, to the, the hive mind. You know, I think that's really what we've evolved to is that, you know, it's not individual thinkers who you had to 2,500 years ago, you had to be in at the Agora to, to listen to Aristotle talk to get the wisdom of Aristotle or somebody had a scroll that had written down something that he said, you know, now it's like everything. I don't know. It's such amazing things that we have access to everything that's Mm -hmm. ever been said and can project forward in the style of what Aristotle would say today about certain situations. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm-hmm. You told me your story of having something interpreted and written as Shakespeare would write it in an iambic pentameter, right? And so I don't, I mean, it's like in certain things, any argument that today is not the pinnacle of achievement or. Well, uh, yeah, I think the, I've been, you know, pondering over the years what constitutes smart because it's very yeah. clear to me. That you can find examples of people thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um, that if the person were in the room and mm-hmm. you could understand the language they were speaking, mm-hmm. they would strike you as being very smart. Yes. Okay. And the a couple of weeks ago in Congress, we had three presidents of prestigious universities who, over a period of about 15 minutes indicated that they're not very smart. Harvard, MIT, and Penn. Okay, and they were asked a fairly simple question. Would anything happening on your campus in advocating genocide to Jews, would that constitute a violation of code of conduct? And they couldn't answer the question. Somebody 2,500 years ago could answer the question. So my sense is it's kind of like you're as smart as who you hang out with. Yes. And you're as smart as your ability to deal with the your own unknown factors. Like we all have unknown factors. And so my sense is that intelligence and smartness has to do with the your creative response or your either creative or reactive response to kind of the conditions that you're living in, you know. You know, and for example, the it's pretty well known now 
that the people of the South Pacific um, voyaged all over just understanding the color of waves. They they could see that there were different variations in the color of the water, seawater, and they could make predictions based on that. I doubt mm-hmm. if there's any human beings today who can do that. Yeah, no. but I wonder, yeah, I mean, that's... So, so, the, so the thing that I'm saying, I think that human intelligence is kind of a constant and you know people in the earliest humans were kind of smart in relationship to their circumstances and we probably couldn't survive for a day what they could survive for a year you know because we yeah. didn't have their knowledge and experience so i think we have access to great medical breakthroughs right now but i haven't met a regular doctor yet that knows any of those breakthroughs right well because there's a whole I just uh, use my general. I just use my general practitioners for drugs, drug doctors. dealers. Yeah, Very good drug dealers. Yeah, but there's a whole, you know, there's a whole, especially in these medical things. There's a lot of that's one of these nervous breakdown things. That there's a whole lot of for every advancement or every miracle cure or a protocol there's someone there's a vocal and official sounding opposition to it yeah it's really this is where what's really difficult you can you can you can count on that is to discern (laughs) what the yeah because somebody's pension is at stake somebody's reputation is at stake somebody's livelihood is at stake because yeah. of something new, because of something yeah. new, because they stopped growing 20 years ago and they've been mm-hmm. on autopilot and suddenly they've been interrupted. Something new. Well, we've got to you, stop this. You look at something as divisive as vaccines. That's been the, you know, the number one kind of contention in the last four years is the whole, you know, the on both sides, you know, it's either, is it a miracle or is it killing you? Is, you know, and you don't know the normal the answer. Person. And the answer is yes. And the answer yeah. is yes. I mean, it's so <laughs> funny, but true, right? Like, so. I mean, I mean, the whole thing that there was some wisdom that they had before COVID, which they disregarded. One is that what you have to do is go for the 65 year olds and older and protect them. Yeah. Protect the humans that are over 65 is because there's a likelihood they've got a lot of other conditions that this will put them over the edge. This mm-hmm. new thing will put them over the edge. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, they want to start at six months old. They want to start at a year old, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the masks were bigger than the child's head, you know, I mean, I mean right. and everything like that. And it had nothing to do with medicine. It had nothing to do. It had a lot to do with control. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, I don't know if we've learned anything about vaccines over the last four years, but a large portion of the public has learned not to trust healthcare experts. Public, right. especially public <laughs> healthcare. That's what we've learned. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we've learned. Exactly. Is, yeah. Like, don't go to the water hole at sunrise or sunset. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, right? that's when the predators show up for easy eating. <laughs> yes. You know, so my sense is a lot has been learned over the last four years, but I don't think it had anything to do with vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I think, from the, you know, uh, for the general public, for people, you know, observing this, it really creates this sense of, you know, nervous breakdown level things of, you know, that there, it feels like you're, there's no right answer, that it's wrong, you know, that you're either COVID's going to get you or the vaccine's going to get you and you can't make the right decision. People are not, there's no certainty in the decision. Or your Tesla is going to explode. 
Right, exactly. Or they're going <laughs> to, you know, and there's the thing, right? That's all part of it, that the Tesla, your Tesla's going to be shut down, you know, the, that the government's going to control. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. Yeah, uh, I love the. You know, I mean, I'm not, Babs loves her Tesla, and she has yeah. the same model you do, and she's yeah. had it for six years, and yeah. she loves it. And I love Babs, so uh-huh. it works. But yeah. I really like my Beamer. I really like the Beamer we had before. You know yeah. why? It didn't, get any, yeah. it, it didn't get any smarter in the garage overnight. <laughs> and when the car goes oh. in the garage, when the car goes into the garage before dark, <laughs> And we close the door. I don't want a smarter car when I wake up in the morning. Oh, my goodness. You know what's so funny is I think it's so presumptuous sometimes that I wake up, I get in the car, and it tells me it's nine minutes to Haven Bakery, Haven Cafe. It's like telling me that, or at Honeycomb Cafe. It's telling me nine minutes traffic is okay. It's just <laughs> presuming where I'm going. Why can't you just take a chance? <laughs> I wonder yeah, see so- how the traffic's going to be this morning. To see that a pleasure has been taken away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. funny, right? I don't have any. You've got certainty, and I'll just push the button and let it drive me there. So that's the greatest thing, you know? It's so funny. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, it's 2001, Stanley Kubrick's movie. What was the astronaut's name? I forget, but that Hal was talking to it. What do you think you're doing? Was it Doug? Or I'm trying to think. He's Hal, no. Dave. And, and yeah. uh, Hal was the computer, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is just IBM, you know, if you right. take IBM backwards, you come up with Hal. But uh, anyway, and it's saying, what do you think you're doing, Dave? You yeah, know, like that. It's nine minutes to the coffee shop, Dave. Right. <laughs> why are you turning left? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why are you even? Why are you even wondering? Goodness. That is funny yeah. though that your car. You wake up and your car is smarter <laughs> than it was. Oh man. Uh, you said it at the beginning. You said at the beginning, Dean. It's all a fight and competition for your brain. <laughs> that's what it is. It's the absolute yeah. truth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and I think that you, you know, I think you've cut off the, a good portion of that access to your brain by removing yourself from programming television and <clears throat> you're becoming the program director. Well, uh, you know, but, <clears throat> Think about this as an entrepreneur that uh, if you want to know the distinction between an entrepreneur and a non-entrepreneur, you know, and I think about this a lot because I've been at it for 50 years right now. And I'm asked that question a lot, you know, do you think entrepreneurs are born? And I said, well, that <laughs> I can attest to. Yes, they were born. <laughs> but, you know, or, you know, is it learned? And I said, well, I don't know the answer to that question. But I would say that the entrepreneurs I know were on a path that was decidedly different probably before they were 10 years old. They, they weren't going along with the crowd. They were, right. they were doing something individual, kind of on their own, because yeah. it, they were very curious about something. And m- most people who aren't entrepreneurs... Uh, were more socially addicted, you know, what did the group think and what the, what they had. But if you think about that, you're a self-programmer. The big thing about entrepreneurs is that we are self-programmers. In other words, we program the next day, we program the next week, we program, you know, here we are on New Year's Eve and both of us are programming the next year. And it really yes. doesn't have to do with anybody else's programming. Yeah, that's the greatest thing. This is going to be a big uh, 2024. It's going to be a big year. I mean, you're about you're going to turn 80 in May. Yeah, and it's 50 years coaching. 50 years coaching since. And wow, uh, I mean, the that's... company, the program is 35 years old. So yeah, 35. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. 
they all three of them happened this year and but but i mean we just came off our best year ever i mean just in terms mm-hmm. of you know new people into the program and everything else yeah, yeah we hit 52 which was great 952 mm-hmm. new people in the program that's awesome and except for two presentations i didn't have anything to do with that that's a real that's a real good measurement for me yeah for sure and now this year this will be your first year with only free zone workshops no that was oh, so uh, this was your first year yeah this uh, i stopped i stopped i'm just trying to think when did that crossover that's what i'm wondering yeah no it was uh, january of last year january of okay. last year okay so was, this year was your yeah, first so i've gone a full year yeah. full year with yeah. only free zone yeah yeah. Right, right. And, uh, and you know, it really caused a lot of tension for a lot of people in the company and mm-hmm. everything else. And I said, well, it's going to happen sometime. Why don't we just make it happen right now? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there was pushback and, you know, the usual sort of thing. And, but my way of creating change is just to create a vacuum. Yes, right. <laughs> something's something's going to fill it. Throw your hat over it. the fence. Yeah. Yeah. So I announced in the middle of, I'm just trying to think here. I announced in the middle of 2021. So it was June of 2021. At the end of 22, I'm not going to do any more 10 times workshops. Right. Yeah. And, I remember. And yeah. people said, well, how are we going to do this? And I said, my security clearance doesn't go that way. I just have no uh-huh. idea. But I just know that after end of next year, I'm not going to do any 10 times workshops. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've done this enough in the past that people and Babs and I had already worked this out. So that wasn't a, if Babs and I are saying that something's going to happen. Well, that's not negotiable. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. But we have five coaches who, you know, who had oh. to jump to the next level and they yeah. did a good job. And the, Renewals are more or less the same as if I was doing the workshops at the end of the first year. Point off here, point point off there. So you know, and you know, and I think we have hundred hundred and eighty people who moved from the signature level to the ten times. So that was great. Oh, oh, yeah. I didn't uh, have anything, I didn't have anything to do with that. And the more things that can happen in the company that I don't do or don't even know about, the better I feel. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty I'm exciting. Talking about, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I bet it. And I'm sure yeah. that the, I'm sure any dip in the, you know, 10 times conversions or whatever was offset by people in 10 times who want to stay with Dan moving up to freeze up. I imagine that was mm-hmm. offset mm-hmm. by that. Yeah. Too. Well, it pushes, yeah. pushes, you know, it pushes both ways. But yeah. the one thing that we realized that, that I hadn't thought of that really worked out great. And it's only because of COVID. It's the two hour zoom. zoom workshops. Yeah. So oh, yeah. every quarter I do six, two hour, 10 times workshops and I do uh, two hour free zone workshops and that little two hour thing, which was only possible because of COVID, nobody, nobody watched Zoom before COVID has made a world of difference, has made a world of difference. So I I was only going to do that for a year and now I'm going to, I've extended it to the end of 24. And uh, I like that. Yeah. But I like it. I like it. And Everybody else likes it, and it seems to work. But I don't yeah. think that would have ever happened if I hadn't just said no more full-day in-person workshops. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you're coming up now. This is interesting, then. the When did your quarterly book start? Did that start on your yeah, birthday? That was the end, of, by the, the, end of, the end of 14. Okay. So next December, it'll be book 40. Right. Okay. There you go. And yeah, is we're that, just, so I, yeah, I'm curious about your intention and your plan for 
your eighties being the best decade for, well, I'll do that, 40, that was I'll a big do, piece. I'll do 40 more books cause I'm not to a, okay. I'm not to a hundred yet. So, and they're getting better. I mean, I can tell the feedback from our longtime clients. They said, you know, the books are really, they're really getting more interesting. They're not just program mm-hmm. tools that you're explaining. You're doing, right. doing all sorts of different things. But the insight I had, Dean, was that a lot of people spend years, even decades, on books, okay, which yes. aren't finished, which aren't finished, right? But they they maybe have twenty or thirty chapters, and each of the chapters are kind of interesting, not equal to each other, but they're right. interesting. I said, why don't you just take one of the chapters and turn it out as a book? And of course, you and I went through the early days when you could do this quickly, when you had the 90-minute book idea, yeah, and are continuing to do that. And then I think it was, who was it that came up with, they could turn a book around in a week for you if you just send it in for them. Who was that, Amazon? Is it Amazon? Yeah, Amazon. I think it's Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Which is who we use. Yeah. I mean, it's still... Yeah, and perfectly good you know, perfectly useful. And, uh, but we've got our own, you know, print shops here in Toronto and it's a lot cheaper than in the U.S. We found out that uh, a a point to realize for you living in the States that getting a book printed in Toronto is about 40% cheaper than getting a book uh, printed in Chicago, dollar for dollar, you know, Canadian dollar. Wow, you mean even after the exchange rate, right? Or after the exchange rate. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're and books, the other thing by is, the way. Yeah, my head. No, you definitely you've got a unique you have a one of one style of of book that mm-hmm. everything about it from the double cover to the thickness of the color cover to the paper stock on the inside and the uh color scheme. Every, you know, it's it's one of one. There's no, there's nothing else like it. Yeah, and I tell people, you know, you're sitting on books. I mean, you're always talking about yeah. writing the book, but where's the book? You know, or why don't you just get the book finished? And they said, well, you know, you know, I said, I said, you're thinking about it too much. You're not executing. I said, just get the book out there. I said, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to be a bestseller. They're not right. going to make a Hollywood movie out of it. So, right. But I said, what it does is it gets some old ideas in your head out so that you can have some new ideas. Yeah. It's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what a collection, too. I mean, going all the way back mm-hmm. to book number mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and then to book, you know, whatever you're at now. 37. 36. I'm working on 37 yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I get a lot out of it, and of course, we've got yeah. great teamwork inside the company. We started with your team, actually, the first one. I remember the team. first, yeah, the yeah. first couple. I thinking think about you your yeah. thinking, that was the first book, and then mm-hmm. you know, some of our team members said, "Well, we could do this, and we could do this, and we could do this," and I said, "That's great." Plus, the technology just keeps improving. I mean, if yeah, you think I started that in two? Where's the technology today compared to? Where it was oh, in 2014, you know. Yeah, yes. I mean, my my cartoonist Hamish McDonald. I estimate that every year I get the productivity capability of another Hamish, just because of the upgrades to software and hardware. To the tools he's able to use and deploy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, like I'll. We're right at the end of the book I'm working on, so we're just working on the conclusion and the program where we describe strategic coach. Those are the last two sections. So on Tuesday, I'll sit down and we'll sketch out what the cartoon's going to be for the conclusion. Uh, I've got the outline with the outline copy all done so we can read it. Yes. He'll sketch it out, and we'll have another meeting on Thursday, and he'll be 90% finished, full color. Yeah. And we do a little tweaks. And then in the last 10 minutes, we say, well, let's look at the next section, and he'll sketch it out. And on Monday, 
of the following week, he'll be finished with the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Book one, that was a 10-day process for that was a 10-day process for one section's cartoons. Right. Well, it's wild. And now, I guess, you know, I mean, book 36, you've got uh, all of the, you know, you've evolved it into all of the ways to uh, consume now, you know, that you've got the, mm-hmm. and the cartoons and the audio and the video. Yeah, yeah we're going to do one okay. new thing, that, Dean, and we can talk about this. We're going to do one new thing. And probably the first quarter, I'm going to take one of the books. And we're just got it down to a choice of three, and we're going to create an AI chat on just that book. Mm. Okay. So the entire knowledge base will just be the words that are in that particular book. And then we'll use, and Leor Weinstein is helping us with this. And, And then, so in addition to the audio, the video, the cartoons, the text, You'll also get the AI, and you can ask the book questions, and it'll answer you. Do you think, Dan? This is—I've had this in this conversation. Maybe we could have a whole uh, discussion yeah. around this, but because I, uh, you know, this is a very real capability of AI right now. But I think that there's—I would rather have the AI ask me questions and guide me through the process than me having to ask the question because that requires me having that included. Yeah. It requires work. Yes, that's exactly right. It requires you in a house. That's exactly right. And I would much rather, I would love to have an AI coach me through <laughs> applying this to me. So if it was, hey, sir, that. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Well, I think you, you think should go that? get in the car and take a 15-minute 15 15-minute 15 drive to the <laughs> coffee shop. I think that's, you know, because somebody else. No, no, was, no, have, that's uh, brilliant. That's brilliant. Let's talk about that. Yeah, because somebody else. That actually indicates me, some intelligence, doesn't it? Yes. But the thing is that, you know, that application where if I could go through a a track, it's like a guided thing. If you could train the AI as a coach in this to guide somebody through where they're at and how this would apply to them. Like somebody had, because somebody was training up a Napoleon Hill that you could chat with Napoleon Hill and you could ask him any questions and I just realized that much better experience. You could have one from Jerry Spence. <laughs> yes. How great would that be, right? If Jerry Spence yeah. was coaching you. Well, through. he would ask you all sorts of advert yeah. questions before. You know, that's. Yeah. that's uh, his book is great, by the way. You put me on to him. Yes. You know, oh, more like his, my... autobi- his autobiography. But a uh, nice person. I mean, he comes yeah. across. I mean, probably a prick if he was the opposing lawyer in a trial, but he seems like oh, a, yeah. if you had him on your side, you'd feel good about him. Yeah, that's exactly true. I need to reread that again. That How to Argue and Win Every Time is one of my top yeah. wisdom books. Yeah. Anyway, what, so what did we cover today? What are two or three things that we covered today? So follow the money. Follow the money, or if you're, you know. Yeah, we found or, uh, out about what the Hamas is about. Uh, all the money was in Qatar, you know, the uh-huh. country of Qatar. The three top people were worth six billion, five billion, and four billion. So that's what Hamas is all about. Is about money, you know, and uh, they're a racket. <laughs> that's amazing. Anyway, yeah, but, but uh, okay. Follow the money. What's in uh, the other thing? Yeah, I think your strategy, it's always amazed me this last five years of your disconnecting from programming. Yeah, uh, other you people's know, programming. Other people's programming. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. One thing we did not get to talk about that I want to maybe presence next time is I watched another Russell Barkley video. and. The talking about 
executive function. And the it's really an interesting distinction, but the the difference between you know what and how, knowing what and how is not affected. That the ADHD brain is not it's not inhibited in the knowing what and how to do. It's the when and the where that is yeah. where executive function comes in. And I found that that's absolutely the truth. In a real, it sounds so simple and obvious, but it's the absolute truth. If that's the thing about, you know, imagine if you applied yourself, applying yourself is only evidenced in the when and the where. Both mm-hmm. where, when and where future, and when and where is this going to happen, and when and where did it happen, you know, what actually happened. That's the, and mm-hmm. often those don't align. I find for me, that's the biggest, that's the biggest disconnect is knowing what I want to do, knowing what, mm-hmm. you know, how it needs to happen, even projecting when and where, but the alignment of, you know, missing the exit kind That'd of be thing, an even with the intentions. Uh, that'd be an interesting uh, question, yeah. Because yeah. the appropriateness of things is really not the what or the how. Mm-hmm. The appropriateness is really the when and where that makes yeah. things appropriate or inappropriate, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, well, great topic. Yeah. How about for you? What was your takeaway from today? Yeah, I think that the the big thing that I'm uh, zeroing in is the bet that human nature is fairly constant and uh, that changing times simply means humans using different capabilities that they've already developed for new purposes, but the basic human nature remains fairly constant. Mm-hmm. And the more, I mean, it was, you know, it was Jeff Bezos was asked, what do you think is going to change most in the next 10 years? And he said, the thing I'm most interested in, what are the 10 things that aren't going to change uh, yeah. in the next 10 years? Because you can yeah. actually bet on those. Yeah. You can bet on those better than what is going to change. Awesome. Well, okay. I, I think we've, I, I think we, each of us says, um, on our part today. I think so. Absolutely. I can't believe it went this this quickly. Alas, it did. So Yeah, uh, and I'm we're in the schedule for I'll be in Chicago next week, but we're in the schedule, so I'll talk to you from Chicago. I love it. That sounds great. All right. Happy New Year, Dan, to you and Babs. Have a wonderful New night. Year. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye.